in today's show. We'll talk about all of the action from Monday in the NBA, including a bunch of blokes, which we expected, who had done for the season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs with the greatest moments from NBA history. Start today at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are. What is it? Week 23 of the NBA season. The week where you should not be playing fantasy basketball. Next week, even more so. And you're going to see why really soon. We'll talk about the games, but I don't think it depends. I'm going to be really pressed for time for the last game, the Thunder and the Blazers. I don't think I'm going to have a chance to recap that entire game. Maybe we'll have a look at some of it. And I'll definitely have recaps up for it over on Basketball Monster. But I'm not sure that I'll... And that's a game with some wild shit going on in terms of lineups. So we'll give some thoughts on that game. But it probably won't be the completed game when we get to it. So just bear that in mind. Sorry, I, I won't be able to... Otherwise, I just wouldn't get the show out until like, you know, eight hours later. And I think that's pretty pointless most of the time. All right, let's um, let's talk some news. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Are you ready? You might need a pen and paper. You probably already know this, to be fair. But we'll do it anyway. These blokes are done for the season. Shea Gildas-Alexander. Darius Baisley. And I know what this is going to make people say. Oh, guys, yeah. Thunder. Egregious tanking. What is the NBA going to do about this? They've got to stop it. Everyone's just done. Baisley broke his knee. I, I don't know how you can stop that. Shea hurt his ankle about two months ago. Came back after everyone said his season was done. Played through it. And you're right. There is, If they were in the playoffs, he would push through the final, what, six games of the season? Whatever it is that's left. He would push through them, I'm sure. But when the bloke's sore, ankle is sore, why? It's, it's pretty common practice for your absolute franchise stud player who's dealing with persistent ankle soreness to maybe not play the last six games of the year. I don't think there's anything outrageous about that. Lou Dort, he's having surgery on his shoulder. They're not fake injuries. Again, sure, they'd be more cautious with them because of where they are. To me, this does not mean that you don't draft Shea Gildas-Alexander. Oh, they're just going to shut him down every year. If they were just going to do that, he wouldn't have come back from this ankle injury the first time. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, he had that injury what, before the All-Star break. He just wouldn't... If they were actually faking this shit, he just wouldn't have come back. So I don't... Um, and also, who's to say the Thunder are going to be bad again next year? They might not be. They might start you know, ramping it up and going for it. I don't... I've got no idea. You just can't... I think going in with that mindset, it just... It will it will kill you. If you're just like, well, the Thunder are just killing us every year. Like, what do you... How can you how can you prevent blokes breaking their kneecap or tearing their sh- their shoulder labrum? You can't. 
And that's got nothing to do with what team they are on. Um, Jeremy Grant's out for the season. That's not a shock. Strained his calf. Again, they were resting him with Nissan. As soon as he had an actual injury, um, he was done. That was pretty clear. Marvin Bagley's the guy that steps in there. You'll get some reserve minutes from Kali Olenek. Not enough for me to care in most situations, though. So just... Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush to add Kelly Linick, is what I'm trying to say. Because if Isaiah Livers comes back, he'll eat into um, Grant's playing time there, or no, uh, Linick's playing time there as well. Again, is Grant even going to be on this team next year? Probably not. So it's not like, I know he's had this issue in the, the end of the season for two years in a row. Again, you shouldn't be playing fantasy at this point. But his situation is going to be very different, I think, next year, whether it's on a Pistons team that's better, or he's playing for a team like the Blazers, where Damian Lillard's on that team, and they are in that play-in 8-7 seed mix. Rob Williams, unfortunately, he's done for the season. For our perspective, anyway, fantasy-wise. He's having surgery on a torn meniscus. Maybe he comes back in the playoffs. I honestly highly doubt that. And I think the Celtics would need to push to conference finals probably to get him there. But we don't know there. But for, again, for our purposes, he's done for the season. We'll talk about his absence when we look at the Celtics game from today against the Raptors. Dean Wade's out for the season. All right. That's cool. That didn't really matter. We, we sort of knew that anyway, but that's official. He's done for the playoffs as well. Um, and then some Portland news. Eric Bledsoe. Now, you want to talk fake injuries. That's a fake injury. Eric Bledsoe's sore Achilles is a fake injury. He never played a single second for Portland after being traded there. I don't know why they didn't just... Oh, I suppose they're just for money's sake. Um, he never had an Achilles injury at all for the Clippers. That is a fake injury. Absolutely, 100%. And that they should be derided for that. They could have just not played Eric Bledsoe, which is fine. Nurkic out for the season. Obvious one. Plantar fasciitis, he's done. Um, Anthony Simons, also done for the season. This mirrors what I was told about Simons a week or so ago when I, I talked about this on the show, that they weren't 100% sure, but it was looking like he was done for the year. So he's done. Josh Hart's out for at least a week. I, I Honestly, is Josh Hart actually going to come back in the final week of the season to play two games? I really doubt that. And I honestly don't think Justice Winslow's coming back. You definitely don't hold on to Josh Hart or Winslow. You drop him, but they haven't officially been ruled out. Miles Turner also out for the season. They didn't announce Malcolm Brogdon out for the season, which is annoying, but we think we can assume that Brogdon's not playing again. Yeah, this shit happens. But again, what, what do you do? Could Did you avoid drafting Pacers players at the start of the season because you knew they were going to be bad? No, because you didn't know they were going to be bad. Did you avoid? Should you avoid drafting Blazers players? Did you think they'd be this bad? No, of course you didn't. Sometimes shit just happens, and there's not a lot you can do about it. Like the Pacers and the Blazers, not one person think they'd be battling for a top four um, lottery spot. I don't think anyone would have expected that. Yet, here we are. So, it's frustrating, but this shit's like out of our control for the most part. You cannot go in and say that you are just avoiding, I'm not drafting Blazers and Pacers players, because you know what? It won't be them next year. It'll be some other team out of nowhere who plummets down the bottom and the value all gets cooked. In good news, Don Mitchell. He's done. He's good. He's off the injury report. He's ready to go. Gobert's questionable, and Blaine Bogdanovich is questionable. So hopefully, we get those guys back in action while Hassan Whiteside remains out. So remember, if Gobert is out, Whiteside's also out. So you can't stream him in. And the other huge news, I've talked about all these out for the season, but let's talk about some other stuff. Paul George. What? He's questionable. He's questionable. He's ready to go, it looks like. Um. Uh, wow, didn't didn't see that coming. Really came out of nowhere. Yes, if Paul George is available on your waiver wire, you go and add him now. 
when I talked earlier today, there was a risk that maybe he came back on the weekend and you got zeros. No, no, no. You go grab him now and let's see what happens. Anthony Davis is a little riskier because he's not going to play Tuesday. He's doubtful, but he's been upgraded to doubtful. So that means maybe he plays later in the week. Paul George, you prioritize over Davis. George hasn't played since December, by the way. You prioritize George, uh, George over Davis, but there could be some value in Davis. Although, again, lower body injury for Davis, still doubtful, not questionable. Um, yeah, that leads to maybe the risk of him missing two games and playing two games on limited minutes. That is more risky for sure. But it might be a risk that you need to take at this point in the season. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. You can connect with passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program as well. They have, at NBA Top Shot, evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, and binders. Now, you'll hear all the time people say, well, I don't want to buy a highlight when I can watch it on YouTube. Well, it's not just that. It's like saying, why would I get a trading card of a photo when I can just go to Google Images and search up a picture of a player? It's about not just watching the highlight, but having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. If you sign up for NBA Top Shot today, best way to start is getting a starter pack. It's nine bucks, and you might pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron or KD or even a star rookie like Cunningham or Mobley. Head over to lockedon.nbatopshot.com to start building your collection today. Subscription scams, we know all about it. We get a free trial and then it renews without our consent. And you, and you see, this, what's this shit? What's it? I didn't pay for this. And you reckon they got you again. These businesses stealing your money. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make those subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. We all have that problem. We all know that. You sign up to something and then you get an email. Hey, it's renewed for another year. You go, ah, my guy. I was not interested in doing that whatsoever, but here, here we are. And now we're stuck. So now you've got to go through all the rigmarole to find ways to do it. Well, Truebill can do that and they can save you a ton of money in doing it. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay. What games to talk about? First one, Nuggets, Hornets. Denver gets the win on the road against the old um, Hornets who were on a back-to-back. So they had the advantage there, I guess, with that rest um, part of it. But it's just good for them to get that win. Charlotte would have uh, would have liked that after a big win against Brooklyn. But yeah, 113-109, Denver wins. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, 26-19-11. and 11. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus. Great. Look, he's just been great. He's the number one player. He's going to end as the number one player. He's been awesome this season. Absolutely no doubt about it. While Monty Morris played 34, he had 14, 3, and 9. He'd been struggling, and then he's a really good game. He's been inconsistent. We know that. While Aaron Gordon, I think he had 17 points in the first eight minutes or something, ended with 21, 7, and 3 with two steals and a block. So that's a great Aaron Gordon line, but if it wasn't for those first eight minutes, it would be a very stereotypical, average-looking Aaron Gordon line. He's probably too good to drop, but not good enough to get excited about. On the underperforming, overperforming show today, we talked about the big stiffy bones Highland said the doctor's going to limit his minutes, and when that shot doesn't fall like it has been at a ridiculous rate, it's going to look ugly. 
Highland had nine points in 19 minutes on 33% shooting with two assists. And this is why we didn't need to get excited about it. And this is why, look, the numbers were great. Top 100, sure, he was doing that over the last two weeks. But there are so many indicators telling us that wasn't going to stick around. And it didn't stick around. So, yeah, I think you can move on from the big stiffy and stream him in on days where it makes sense. Farton Will Barton, who had a shocking run, has picked it up. 30 fantasy points, 18-6-3, and played 38 minutes. Didn't shoot well, and he never does. I still don't like him as a player particularly. And even as a fantasy guy, he's a back-end player, but he's at least providing more minutes and more value at the moment. For the Hornets, Kelly Oubre got extra minutes on the back-to-back. He played 26 of them, did nothing, 12-3-2. Don't add him. Isaiah Thomas got 21 minutes, 12-4-2, as they limited Terry Rozier to only 26. Rozier struggled. 12 points, 8 assists, 29 fantasy points. He's down outside the top 45 over the last two weeks. We've seen a little bit of a drop. Um, from his numbers of late. Nothing to panic about, but it has been a drop. PJ Washington, 10-6-4 with a block. Good numbers again, while Ball had 22-6-11 and Bridges 27-11. Those guys really getting it done. Harold got ejected after 15 minutes. He was probably going to play a few more minutes in this one on the back-to-back, but obviously, as you're well aware, as I've said a million times... Get that garbage out of here! Also, a real stinker from Cody Martin, who went scoreless in 17 minutes. At least he got a steal, and that's probably the only reason you want him. While Plumley had five points, that stinks. Two steals and a block is nice, but we know he is just a fringe guy. He's just a um, a real specialist when you're looking for those rebounds or even some field goal percentage. That's what he brings, and that's really about it. The next game, the Orlando Tanks up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs win 107-101. This game was tied. And Orlando just ran, ran their bench unit into the ground because they were getting the minutes. So when you see Cole Anthony played 24, it's because they tanked and played the bench the entire fourth quarter. When Franz Wagner has 10-3 and 6 in 28, you go, where are his minutes? Well, they tanked and played those guys. Uh, they didn't play them in the fourth quarter. And then you get to someone like Wendell Carter, who had 15-12 and 6, a disgustingly bad one of six from the line. But why do you only play 27 minutes? Oh, that's right. They were tanking. And we got um, you know, 18 minutes of Jeff Doughton and 20 minutes of Admiral Schofield, who's... Yeah, got the best name ever because he's absolutely he's absolutely the leader of this tank. He is captaining this tank. Unbelievable. Whenever they want to lose, just chuck Admiral Schofield in there and that's how it will go. Schofield had 10 in 20. Doughton had 5 in 18. Fultz had 11, 1, and 4. That's not bad, but he's only a stream option on the low volume days. That is it. He's not a must roster guy at all. I think you're all well aware of that. Well, Bumba was all right. 11 and 4, but nothing else. Like He's just been such a fart lately. Like It's just... What smells? It's not completely off-putting, but it's just like enough to ruin your day. That's sort of where Bumba's feeling like at, at the moment. Also, RJ Hampton, I think he's actually trash. Oh, what's going on with this bloke? He has been so bad this season. Um, after he showed flashes last year, but he's had so many opportunities, has not grabbed any of them. I really worry about where he goes from here. Six points in 13 minutes for RJ. Also, Chumurakiki, very hard to continue to hold him. Seven points, 27%. He had a steal. What's, what's he doing that's good? Like occasionally defensive stats. They're not even coming consistently enough. Very hard to look at him as a must-roster guy, especially with uh, this tanking bullshit going on. For the Cavs, start of the five-game week. So Evan Mobley lasted 13 minutes. Sprained his ankle, 6-3. and three. You would have to expect with four games left this week, with Kevin Love saying that Mobley rolled it pretty good, and in those four games, they're both back-to-backs that he's not going to play four more games. Now, you can't do anything about it, but it might end up that you have to drop him. Because if he's out for the rest of the week, then see you later, which actually ruins your week. But it does open up opportunities. Like, I think we've got to add Kevin Love, if he's available, 19-7 and seven with four threes. Yeah, he might sit a back-to-back, sure. 
Deeper leagues, maybe look at the C part of Moses Brown, who had two blocks in seven minutes. I'm not so sure about that. Lamar Stevens was bad, but he played 24 minutes. So four more games at 24, 25 minutes, maybe. Also, Karis LeVert was bad. Again. Again, he was bad. If it wasn't for four more weeks, and I'm not going to come back and edit a segment in here, if it wasn't for four more games this week, uh, you'd, be, you'd be jacking him all the way off. There's no way that you would hold on to how shit he's been. Yeah, six assists is nice, to be fair. Stealing a block is nice, but he can't shoot. He's outside the top 265 over the last two weeks. Like, that's shocking. It's really bad. But the volume, the role, you got to keep. Garland is really hurting your field goals because he has to do everything. He's playing a ton, 40 minutes. Will they sit him a game? I, I don't know. I think they might. 25, 3 and 12, 3 steals and 5 threes. Well, Okoro was actually all right. 11 and 5 with 4 steals and a block. But as we know, from watching Isaac Okoro, it's really hard to trust. But with 4 more games, maybe maybe you can look at him as an option. Maybe. With the emphasis on, like, maybe. I, I wouldn't feel great about tr uh, trusting him at all. But I do feel great about trusting Rock Auto. Because if I, I'm not going to go to a local chain auto parts store. That sounds like one of the biggest hassles in the world. Get out of my house. Get into my car. Which may or may not be working. That's why I need auto parts. Go there. Find a park. Get out. Line up. Talk to the bloke behind the counter in a condescending manner. And then for all that privilege, he's going to charge me more money. That's ridiculous. I've got access to a computer at rockauto.com on my phone or on my desktop. I can check it out. They're an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whatever part you need for your car. Let's say windscreen wipers. Do you say windscreen or windshield? Anyway, regardless, Rock Auto is going to have it. So go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts available for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right? Locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Game three. Hawks beat the Pacers, so they bloody should. It was maybe a little bit closer than it should have been, 132-123. But they were without a bunch of blokes. Don't John Collins, of course. No DeAndre Hunter. No Danilo Gallinari. So their forward stock was pretty thin. They started Timotei Luawu Cabarro. He played 30 minutes and had 13 points, two threes, two steals. Good enough to be a deep league streamer. Um, but that's really about it. Nothing that I'm looking at. Even if those guys remain out, I'm not excited. But has this awakened Clint Capella? 31 minutes, 22 and 15. That's his second strong game in the last three. And Trey Young was great too with 16 assists and two steals. Unfortunately, only 14 points. Bogdanovich had 29. Herder had 22 with six triples. They had to step up. They both shot really well. 62 from Herder and 57 from Bogdanovich. And anytime we get the opportunity to see Delon Wright start, pay attention. Only nine points, but three steals, two blocks. This is what he does. He racks up defensive stats. And when you're looking for those defensive stats, if we get an opportunity where Delon's going to start, you go to stream him in. Lou Williams did nothing. Well, Jalen Johnson, very interested in him. 17 minutes, 12 points. Tons of dunks. It doesn't appear like the Hawks and John Collins are on the same page. I don't think John Collins is going to demand a trade, but I don't think he's going to be against getting traded. Would they be happy to do that already? How much faith do they put in Johnson? Could he be a great pick-and-roll partner with Trey Young? I think he could. Watch him in dynasties. I think there's a starting role coming in a couple of years. Yeah, there might be a decent role next year even. Just watch what happens here. For the Pacers, O'Shea Brissett was out. Isaiah Jackson was out. Chris Duarte was out. Dwayne Washington Jr. was out. And of course, old mate Malcolm Brogdon. He was out. I'm not 
tired. But Malcolm, yes, you are. You're obviously tired. That's why you're resting. Halliburton played 40 minutes. Now, he was on the buy low, sell high, or over underperforming show. I said, hey, he's got to pick it up somewhere. Yeah, 25, 3, and 13, two steals, two blocks, four triples. Sexy. Buddy Heald had 26, 4, and 5 with five threes. Really good. But how about my boy, the dart? Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile? No, not the dart. Not the dart. It's happening, boys. It's happening. The dart's on fire. 14, 5, and 4, a steal, two blocks. Top 50 player over the last two weeks. 34 fantasy points. I don't know if Jackson's going to return. I don't know if Brissett's going to play. I've got no bloody idea. But with how Goga's playing, remember, Goga Badadze is 22 years old. He's 22. Everyone's written him off. Goga's trash, mate. He's finished. He's 22. Yeah, he's a he's an option. Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster, had 11 points in 33. He's only a deeper league guy. Well, Jalen Smith really struggled. I think if you wanted to drop Jalen, I don't think it's wrong. 9 and 6 in 23. And Justin Anderson, first stinker from him. Or second stinker, actually. 9, 5, and 2 in 27. They started Kiefer Sykes, who had 16 points, 4 threes, and 4 assists. But I think that's mainly because Washington was out. Washington is the preferable back-end G League level guard that they would use over Sykes most of the time. And I wouldn't read too much into that with Sykesy right there. But... Maybe just keep keep an eye on him. I don't think we need to do too much uh, with him in terms of fantasy numbers. Let's go to the next one. It's the Bullsies. They lose again to a shit team. The Knicks, 109-104. The Bulls are making a habit of this. They're not good. Do, are they going to actually... like? Are they going to win a playoff series? Probably not. Let's talk about them. DeRozan was also on the um, underperforming, overperforming. And he did what we needed him to do. 37-6-7. and 7. 12 of 12 from the line. That's huge. Vooch had 16 and 13, while the skater boy, Zach Levine, 27, 4 and 3 in 36 minutes. Good numbers there. Outside of that, it was shithouse. Dasunmu played 36. That's encouraging. Three more quality games this week, remember? But 10, 2 and 3 is just not good enough. I would still hold if I added him. Caruso, only three points. Bad. Five rebounds, two steals and a block. Good. Four more games, we have to hold. I don't know if we have to hold Patrick Williams. Didn't take a single shot, played 13 minutes, had a steal and a block, but that's it. This is a reminder, is that when someone like that gets drafted, yeah, oh, he could be the next Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you'll see. Kawhi was like this, had no shot, had no offense, and then the NBA went bananas. Yeah, he's the next Kawhi Leonard. And I think what anytime you hear that argument, you can't discount it, right? Because Kawhi Leonard happened. He's also the massive exception. Because Patrick Williams could be the next Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. You never hear that brought out, do you? About, as I'm going to sneeze uh, here. I was able to cut that one out this time. Shout out to Precious Achua. Um, that we hear this all the time. He's going to watch him next step. Going to really blow up. And that's often coming from that fan base. But most of the time, it just it's not. It just doesn't happen. All right? You hear the same with Isaac Okoro. You might even hear the same with Herb Jones, who they think might develop into a big offense. It's probably not as much with him. But with these high picks, like an Okoro, like a Patrick Williams, maybe nothing happens with them. And I think that's where we're at with him. Yes, he's missed most of this season, a lot of development, but it's basically in line with what he did last year. I'm not excited about his long-term future. Put it that way. Javonte Green was bad, three points in 14. While Kobe White, again, worth holding, I guess, for three more qualities, but didn't hit a three. Had six points in 21 minutes. Amazingly, got seven seven rebounds and nothing else. Just a shit line um, in general from this team. For the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. 42 minutes. 
27, 6, and 3, 5, threes. This guy is going to bloody end up being top 50 over fantasy playoffs. That's huge. Mitchie Robinson played 35 minutes. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Yeah, fucking earth he did. 16 and 12 with three blocks on 89%. That's huge for Mitchie. Huge. And RJ Barrett played 43 minutes, Tibbs. My guy, you guys aren't doing anything. You played in 43 minutes still. 28 and 6, two triples, bad from the field, great from the line. Let's talk about the double royal. Julius Randle. Um, yeah, he was bad, wasn't he? He was on the underperforming show as well, and he actually underperformed even further. The destruction that this guy is doing to your percentages is unbelievable. 11% shooting. 50% from the line. He scored five points, and he was benched down the stretch for Obi Toppin. You know, I think that may have been not just because he played shit that he picked up a tech and you know, we know Coach Comover doesn't like that. He is one of the most frustrating players in the NBA, Julius Randle. Thinks he's significantly better than what he is and it doesn't work, does it? Someone asked me today whether you should drop Julius Randle. And I said, no, but maybe? No, you don't. You can't, but f- you want to. He's shit house at the moment. Shit house. As for Toppin, 17 points in 20 minutes. But do we rely upon... Look, Tibbs played Burks 42 minutes and Barrett 43. Do we think that Tibbs is going to just selectively slit, sit... Not slit him. Jesus Christ, that's extreme. Will he selectively sit Julius Randle down the stretch so that Toppin plays these minutes and closes over it? I don't think that'll be the plan. So I think it's hard to hold Toppin. And we talked about this as well with Emmanuel quickly. Hey, his numbers had risen up significantly, but look at the shooting. Is it going to stick? No. No, it isn't. 20% shooting here. 8, 1, and 4. I would still hold him. Yeah, much more than, than, say, a Bones Highland. But this was always on the cards. Also, the disease scrotum. Get him out of here. 5 points in 25 minutes. The fact that he started, like, every single game this year is why Tom Thibodeau continues to be one of the most annoying coaches in the entirety of the NBA. The Kings got smashed by the Heat. Cool. 123 Miami. 100 Sacramento. They're just pumping minutes into Davion Mitchell. 41 minutes, 21 to a 9, a steal and a block. Again, the qu- the, I, they've only got you know, no quality games. It doesn't matter with Davion Mitchell. He is going to be like a top 50 player for you. If DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are on your waiver wire, you wouldn't go, Ugh, no quality games for him, boys. You just add him. And I'm not saying he's DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine, because he clearly isn't. But when a team is tanking like this and just pumping minutes and usage into him, he's going to put up numbers. That's just how it's going to work. Shout out to Tony Roten. That's how it's going to work. So you don't view him as a waiver wire guy who sits on your bench. He starts in your lineup. The Big Ragu had 12-3-5. Dante DiVincenzo, three steals and four threes. He's a 12-teamer as well. While the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Why is Barnes playing 38 minutes a night? Um, I, 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 I don't know. But he is. Pretty solid game, 17, 2, and 3. But I worry that he might sit out. Well, Jonesy had uh, 15 and 6, Damo Jones, that is. He's probably a 12er. So is Damien, uh, sorry, is Trey Lyle, sorry, 11 and 6. That's not great from Lylesy. But he's been top 100 over the last two weeks, and you can't really ignore that. Jazz Holiday had 6 points in 23 minutes, and Jeremy Lamb's night ended early due to a hamstring issue. I would venture that that might be it for him. And he might not play again this season. I. Not that he was playing huge amounts anyway. It just means more for DiVincenzo, more for Mitchell. They were shit house. 
and they're intending to be. For the Heat, Jimmy Butler was underperforming, as I detailed on the show earlier today. This is so this is great. 27-5 and 7, 71% and 100% from the line. Sick. Didn't get a steal, though, which has been holding him back, but good numbers nonetheless. Adebayo had 22-15 as two steals and a block, and Hero, only 29 minutes for him. 20-5, and five, six assists and four triples. Really good. They made a change to their starting lineup. Duncan Robinson moved to the bench. Of course, he then played more minutes than he usually does. And the winter soldier, Max Struess, started. 30 minutes for Struess, 8 points with two threes. 25% shooting, picked up fouls. Didn't play well. I wouldn't bother adding him. Much like if I look at Duncan Robinson and say 15 points with five threes, I wouldn't add him either. Stream him for threes? Absolutely. That's it. Not a must-roster guy. Only 20 minutes for Gabe Vincent and 24 for PJ Tucker. While Oladipo, Victor Oladipo, was a DMPCD. Victor Oladipo, as unfortunate as it is, is not good anymore. Now, unless there's some injury they did, didn't designate, he just got sat down. He isn't good anymore. And there are people that are still holding him in 12-team leagues. And I wish that I had the faith in something in my life that you do with Victor Oladipo. Bye-bye. Markeith Morris also DMP. Dwayne Dedman has back taken his spot in the rotation. Let's go to the next one. Raptors. They host the undermanned Celtics. They win it in overtime, 115-112. Boston was without Brown, Tatum, Horford, and the aforementioned Rob Williams, who's out for the year. Horford's out for personal reasons. I did. Someone did mention that it was his sister's wedding, so maybe that's why he was out. So you can expect him back Wednesday. I think Brown and Tatum will be back Wednesday. And they play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. The three shittest games, the days this week. So while we look at Daniel Tyson and go, Fah, 41 minutes, 13-10, one steal, two blocks, do we add? I think the answer is no. I think he might play 20 minutes a night on three shit days and you don't even get to use him. Do we add Grant Williams who played 39 minutes and had 17 and 7 with two blocks? Probably not. Maybe in a 14-teamer, but if Horford, Brown and Tatum return, he's not going to do this. The question that I think needs answering, and I don't know if I have the answer, is Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. 41 minutes, 15, 6 and 8, three threes and a block. Shot horribly. Took a lot of shots, though. And that was always going to happen in this sort of game with these players out. We talked when he was traded. We thought, hey, maybe they'll close the game with him and put Horford or Williams on the bench when they want to go small. And they didn't really do it. They played in minimal minutes. But with Rob Williams out, the question now is, is instead of of White or Rob Williams or White and Al Horford, it's White or Grant Williams. And a lot of the times, I think Grant will win that matchup. Or no, sorry, uh, not Grant, bloody hell. White, Derek White will win that matchup. So instead of him playing 21 minutes a night, does he go to 26, 28, 29? Maybe. Is it worth it on those three high-volume days for the uncertainty of if he actually plays those minutes and if he's actually useful? Over the last two weeks, he's averaging 29 minutes a night, Derek. He's ranked 203rd. I don't mind. Look, I would absolutely take him over Tice and over Grant Williams. I'm not feeling great confidence with it. Marcus Smart just had his way with whatever he wanted to do, really. 28 and 10 in 40 minutes. It was always going to happen. Shout out to his points over under being 14 and a half today. Well, Peyton Pritchard, 10, 8, and 5 with two threes. He's been playing really well. He's been an excellent three-point streamer, and I think that continues. Aaron Neesmith also got a spot start and played 39 with 32. uh, Sorry, shit, not 32. 13 points, two triples, and three steals. Don't get excited about anything there with him. Um, All right, on to the next game. Well, no, no. I better talk Raptors because they finally got their starting five back. Trent, Van Bleet, 
Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam. A couple of interesting things. As we have seen time and time again, when this starting lineup is together, Scotty Barnes goes missing. 10, 4, and 4, no threes, no steals, no blocks, poor efficiency, didn't get to the line. It has been a consistent pattern. When one or two starters are out, Barnes goes off. When they all play, he shrinks back. And I don't know what that is exactly. Siakam played 47 minutes. Shout out Nick Nurse. 40 and 13, three steals and two blocks. But how about Thaddeus Young? 20, 28 minutes, 12 and 8, two threes, a steal, three blocks. That is a huge line. Do we rush to grab Thad? I, I wouldn't. Because how do I trust it? Boucher had been playing 30 minutes a night. He played 15. Young had been playing 14 minutes. He played 28. I, I, the big tree was out. Birch was out. Flynn was out. I still don't think that that's a reliable performance. Van Vliet just cannot hit shots at all. He had three steals, a block, five rebounds, three threes. Good, but 14 points, rough. While the Jedi played 40 minutes, OG Ananobi. I think his finger's still bothering him, but 40 minutes. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Please don't stop, because that was good. Good to get the minutes. 14, 8, and 3 with two threes. Not his best night, of course. The big sneeze, played 28 minutes, pressure to Chua. And it was a bad, precious night. The four blocks are sexy. Like, that's great. Eight rebounds, pretty good. No assists, no steals, 30% from the field. How he's 30% from the field as a center and missed both his free throws. That's bad, precious. That's why he's outside the top 150 over the last two weeks and outside the top 250 for the season because of those sort of performances. Again, it's just going to be a Boucher, a Chua, Thad, maybe Birch, mix where you can't really rely on any of them. And I don't think any of them are 12-team must-type players. I just can't. Oh, I, 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 sorry, I just had a, like a mini stroke or something then. I meant to talk about Gary Trent. I went to write the notes on Basketball Monster. Normally, I don't tell you what I write. It's a lot of the same stuff, but we, yeah. Basketball Monster gets the information first. I said Gary Trent wasn't himself today. And then I was writing that. And I corrected myself. I go, actually, he actually was. He got three steals and had 12 points on 33%. And that basically is the Gary Trent story. If he hadn't had the steals, he would be unrosterable over the last two to three months. But he has had them, so that's giving him value. But he's killing you on field goal percentage. One rebound, two assists. This is the player that I was afraid of at the start of the year. I didn't expect three steals a night or two steals a night. And his lack of rebounds and assists and horrendous field goal percentage was always an issue for me. Don't drop him. But we are seeing some pretty significant, I think, regression from where he was earlier this season. Let's go to the next game, the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. The Spurs get the win, keep themselves in that play-in mix. <laughs> About to catch the Lakers. They win at 123-120 over the Rockets. DeJounte, 38 minutes, 33-7-11. And just for good measure, he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. 61% shooting. He's been amazing this year. Unbelievable stuff and rolling at the moment. 68 fantasy points. Pirtle, 17 and 13 with two blocks. Keldon Johnson also on a massive hot streak. Top 50 over the last two weeks. Scoring at will. Even got to the line a lot. 21, 9 and 4. And when you get two steals out of Keldon Johnson, it's, it's going your way. Joshy Richardson was also pretty good. 15, 6 and 5 with three threes. He's at least a really good stream option. Might even be like a must-roster guy. Maybe not quite there, but maybe. 34 minutes for Vassell. He stunk with nine points on 23%, but he did grab eight boards. But 
Yeah, at this point, it's looking like Richardson over Vassell might be the move to go with. I like Vassell still, but, you know, the results are there. Zach Collins, we're seeing him playing at the four a bit more, or Landale at the four, however you want to phrase it. Zachy had 13 and 8 in 21 minutes. Just keep an eye on him for deeper leagues. And Landale had 3 and 4 in his 13. For the Rockets, Christian Wood was out. Oh, must be injured. He had hamstring tightness. Dennis Schroeder was out. Oh, sore shoulder. Holy shit. Eric Gordon, wow, soreness. What an amazing sight that your three veteran players, your three older players are all out on the same night with um, generally vague injury descriptions. It really is a shocking development. But that meant that we got our man, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. But, you know, kids, I should have given a blanket warning earlier. Hold the fucking phone because he got hurt as well. <laughs> he sat out the stretch of the game with some leg issues. Let's hope he's not hurt. He had 12 and 7, two threes, three assists, two blocks. Shot poorly, but you can't leave him on the wire now. I think you've got to grab and think that this wood hamstring will persist. Surely it will persist. Same as Dennis Schroeder's shoulder issue and Eric Gordon's old bastard mentality. Whatever is going on with those guys. They'll sit a lot of games. My man, Joshy Christopher. Oh, yeah. I've only been putting him on that waiver wire show every week for about 15 weeks, saying, hey, if Gordon's gone, let's see. If Gordon's gone, let's see. If Gordon's gone, let's see. Hey, Gordon was gone. He had 20 and 6 with 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. He got cock-blocked by them bringing in Schroeder and playing him 27 minutes. And they took Josh Christopher out of the fucking rotation when they traded for Schroeder. Can you believe that? Anyway, I'm fired up for no reason. Do I add Josh Christopher? I'm not against it. It's risky, because if Schroeder and Gordon return next game, yeah, he's going to go back to doing nothing. He's also shot 60% here, which is probably not going to stick. Yeah, well, actually, it's definitely not going to stick. But we're watching it. Kevin Porter had 26, 9, and 7, so that's great. While Jalen Green went off as well. 34 and 4 with 6 triples. Shame about that rookie wall. It would have been an even better performance from Jalen. Same with Josh. They, they might have scored 50 each if it wasn't for the rookie wall. The Wild Thing played 28 minutes. Jay Sean Tate. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. 10 and 7, a steal and a block. I don't think he's a 12-teamer. While KJ Martin, yeah. I also had him on the guys to watch, and he hasn't really stepped up, has he? Seven points, two threes, and two blocks. I still believe there will be some value in him at some point, but I'd much rather add Christopher, and I would definitely, of course, add Alperin Sengun over him. Gary Bird, after a hot start to the season, it has not talked about it. He's been shithouse. He's been really bad. Like, actually really bad. Over, like, the last three months. Three points in 23 minutes on 14% shooting. Let's talk about really bad. The Golden State Warriors got pummeled by the Grizzlies. Yes, they were without players. No Steph, no Clay, no Dre, no Porter. They're all, gone, they're all out. But man, that was shithouse. Jordy Poole, bad first half. Got some points in there late. Only played 25 minutes. 25, 5, and 3. Um, Moses Moody. When you look at Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Bad early, but ended with 18 points, three threes, two steals, and two blocks. The Warriors have another back-to-back at the end of this week. Maybe you get that from him again. Same with Kaminga, who had 15, 7, and 4, one steal, two blocks. They could become streams at the end of the week. Bielitsa didn't do much. Wiggins was obviously an all-star starter, but had 10 and 6 in 29 minutes and continues to be just really bad from a category league perspective. And if you wanted to drop him, I don't actually care. Like, he's not that good. 
The Dr. Gary Payton started and played 14 minutes, so... I mean, sure. Well, Kevon Looney started and played 21 minutes and had two points. His numbers have dropped way off. You do not have to hold Kevon Looney at all. And same with Peyton. Like, they are just real stream options, and that is really about it. For the Grizzlies, they had no Jar Morant. Oh, they also had no Jaron Jackson. So, D'Anthony Melton, the most underrated player in the NBA, had 21 points with five threes, six rebounds on 62%. He cannot miss at the moment. The shooting is going to fall away. But it's always nonsense when he plays 14 minutes. It's ridiculous. He's really, really good. And he's putting up great numbers. As is Des Bain, 22, 2, and 3, 2 steals and 5 triples. While Dylan Brooks, did he kill your field goal percentage? Amazingly, no. 21 points on 60%. He did nothing else. And he only played 22 minutes, but good nonetheless. While Tyus Jones had 7, 4, and 6. And Brandon Clark returned to play 25 minutes, had 12, 4, and 2. But unfortunately, bad numbers from the field and from the line, which is just not usual for him. Kyle Anderson's the one that started in place of Jaron, but had 13 and 5. I don't think Jaron's injury is too serious. So I wouldn't rush to add Anderson. Well, Adams, not his best, but eight and nine, two steals and a block. Yeah, you take that every day of the week. Shout out to Jarrett Culver, who still can't get anything going and looks like one of the worst high draft picks in recent memory. All right, so that's the first eight games and it's half time of the last game. So we'll just look at what the box score looks like for that um, Thunder Blazers game. Isaiah Roby, 12, four and three with two threes, 16 minutes. I think he's got to be added. Aaron Wiggins, 15 points in 20 minutes. Again, with all of these guys out, out of the guys that are out, the only one who might come back is Trey Mann, and even then, not necessarily. You know, Wiggins is Wiggins is up and down. We know that. He's maybe a fringe guy. Um, Krejci, yeah, not much there. 3-2-1. Pokashevsky, 3-2-3 in 17 minutes. Oh, it's still hold Poku. Maladon had 7-5-2. Rough shooting night for him, but the minutes are going to end up being good. So I would look at Maladon, Roby, Pokashevsky as 12-teamers. We also got 15 first half minutes from the incantation. Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Um, yeah, maybe there with him. Well, Lindy Waters hit two triples as well, but I'm not going to be looking at those as 12 teamers, although they could get there. Right? I think Roby, Maladon, Pokashevsky are the guys we're looking at at this point. With no Shea, no Giddy, no Dort, no Baisley. Robinson Earl, also seven minutes in his return. His minutes will ramp back up. He might become a 12-team streamer. I have my doubts about that. For Portland, let's just keep going with Drew Eubanks. 17 first half minutes, eight, two, and three. Three steals, two blocks is great. Brandon Williams, bloody shots went in somehow. 15, three, and five with four threes. He played 17 while Chris Dunn played 12. Notable. Williams looks like the guy over Dunn at this point. Dunn for steals, obviously. But you've got to be able to deal with the bad shooting of Williams. I don't think that any of the guys who are out for Portland are going to return, like Watford, um, Hart, Luzada, Winslow. Elijah Hughes went scoreless in his first in the first half, 16 minutes, while Keon Johnson had 9-3. and three. I think Keon might be a 12-team option. Might be. I'm not super keen on it, but might be. While Macklemore had another really good scoring uh, half, 16 points in 23 minutes with four triples. He's at least a points and threes option for 12-teamers. Now, this could change depending on what happens at the end of the night. Alibi was all right, 8-7. and seven, Maybe he's an option. But looking at Eubanks, we're looking at Williams, maybe Keon, maybe Dunn, maybe Macklemore for this Portland team. That, that's how I would look at that at this point. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous does go to DeJounte Murray. The waiver wire is Joshy Christopher. Your young gun is Tyrese Halliburton, and your dart of the night is the wiki, Chris Boucher. Top 10 players today. Number one was um, DeJounte Murray, then Siakam, Garland, Halliburton, Jokic, DeRozan, Butler, Adebayo, Christopher, and cousin Kevin Porter Jr. 
Your top 10 players, Ross, in under 50%. Josh Christopher, I, I, I want to believe. If Gordon and um, Schroeder are out, they're not at him. Thad Young, I don't believe. Okoro, maybe schedule-based only. Daniel Tice, not really. Kiefer Sykes, probably not either. Moses Moody, maybe on another back-to-back -back rest, but even then, I don't feel particularly comfortable with that. Neesmith, no. Richardson, probably. Dillon Wright, streamer. Yep, Grant Williams, maybe, but more 14. And your top 10 players today in points league. Siakam, DeJounte, Jokic, Halliburton, Garland, Porter, DeRozan, Ball, Adebayo, and Trey Young. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give us a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.